Well, we certainly hope that you had a great Christmas. Did, did, did you fill the bags of trash of, of old um, wrapping paper? And like, like at our house, I think we had like nine bags of just used wrapping paper. And I guess here's the real question. Um, how many of you were lucky enough to have trash day this week? How many of you are like, I still have leftovers from Christmas dinner and... Well, I certainly hope you had a great Christmas. And I know that the Sunday, this Sunday, is it's unique to any other Sunday in the year. Because Christmas is behind us, New Year's is ahead, and it's kind of like it's just this, this tweener of a week. I mean, it's, it's a, a chance to take a breath. I mean, the seasons are coming, you know, the holiday seasons are kind of coming to an end. And, and it's a, a chance to just relax a little bit, even for some of you. You've got some vacation time, and you've just been able to take a break. And this is usually the time of the year that we do one of two things, if not both. That is, we either look back on the past year, or we look forward to the coming year. And, you know, like when we look back, a lot of times it's a thing of we look back with, sometimes we look back with regret. Uh, We look back uh, because we didn't keep our last year's New Year's resolutions. Uh, We look back hoping that, man, I, I wish I would have lost weight this year. I wish I would have gotten out of debt this year. Um, you also wonder things like, you just you regret, how much did we spend on Christmas this year? How much, how much weight did I gain since Thanksgiving this year? And you're just, you're looking back at the year, just kind of a little frustrated at yourself and, and just, you know, you, you're just a little irritated. But then the other thing we do is we also tend to look forward. And we're looking into the new year with our new resolutions. And for some of us, let's be honest, the the future isn't bright to us. The the future makes us nervous. And and we're a little afraid about the future because, I mean, the economy is not great. And so we're not sure if this year financially is going to be as good as last year. Or or, or we're not sure that that we're going to be able to step into the the right things this year. And so a lot of times we look at the future with, with concern and worry. And I'm saying, what about, what about today? How, how often do we actually spend our time not looking at the past, not looking at the future, but actually dealing with today? I mean, t- does, does today have any great significance other than it's the last giving opportunity for your taxes this year? Speaking of, there's 38 hours for you to go on nextlevelchurch.com and give online. But it's like, does today have any significance? What's the great thing about today? And if, here's my concern, is I think there's so often that we miss the greatness of today because our attention is on yesterday or tomorrow. Because here's, here's the reality. We can't change the past. We can only learn from it. And tomorrow, in the bigger picture, God actually wants to take ownership of tomorrow so that we don't have to worry. So here's my theory this morning. My theory is that the great moments of our lives happen in today. But so many of us miss them because our attention is on something else. Let me say it again. This is my theory. The great moments of our lives happen 
today, but so many of us miss them because our attention is on something else. Now, let me ask you a question. What have been the great days in your life? I mean, we have days that, that we look back in our life and they're supposed to be the great days. Like, I'm going to get in trouble right now. Like, my wedding day was supposed to be a great day. And it, it was. I'm very happy I'm married. But as I look back on that day, I start to think of things like this. I wore plastic shoes all day. I was in a horribly uncomfortable suit all day. I had endless pictures. Smile. Smile. Here's smile with your groomsman. Here's smile with your new wife. Here's smile with the relative you don't even know. It's just endless pictures and just a long day. And I'm just kind of like, was, was that day really a fun day? I mean, it's supposed to be a fun day, but... To me, it, it, it wasn't. And it's kind of like the birth of our kids. I recognize I'm digging a deeper hole here. <laughs> I, I know that's supposed to be one of the greatest days of my life. But we were up for more than 24 hours. My wife went into surgery. There were complications. Frankly, the, the day was a whole lot more gross than it was fun. I, I'm not sure that ranks on the great days of my life list. But you know what? I started to think about things like, like yesterday. I'm laying on the couch yesterday. And in our house, we kind of have this thing we do called, are your batteries low? And what that translates into is, if you say that your battery is low, my youngest son, Matthew, he'll come over to you. And this is what I was doing. I was laying on the couch. I said, Matthew, my, my battery's low. And he comes flying over to me. And he jumps on you, okay? And then any part of his body he could wrap around your body, he does. And then what he does is some, somewhere within his little body is a motor, complete with sounds. And he starts to go... And he shakes and he shakes. And everything that could shake on him is shaking, which means everything that it could shake on you is shaking. And he's looking you straight in the eye and he's working so hard. He's... And then it'll stop. How are your batteries? <laughs> Maffers were almost charged. <laughs> How are your batteries? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. That is a great day. Yeah, it's like even a couple days ago, my wife and I were able to get out together. No kids, no in-laws, no stress of the holidays. And just be together and talk, and reconnect. You know, we were closer then than we ever were on our wedding day. That's a great day. And so, if today has the potential to be a great day, then we need to figure out how to stay in today because some of the great moments in your life will happen today. And here's the thing. I don't want you to miss the great moments in your life. I don't ever want you to look back with regret saying, oh, I missed another one. Because I know we're always going to plan to have the great days, but whether we decide to actually have them in today or not is what determines how great a life we actually live. And bottom line, folks, I want you to live a great life. I want you to have great days. I don't want your greatest days to be those in your past that you have to pretend they were the greatest days even though they really weren't. 
And so even when we, we look at the scriptures and what the Bible has to say, the Bible actually has some amazing things to say about today and what God wants us to do in staying in today. And so if you have your Bible with um, you this morning, I'd love for you to turn with me to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have your Bible, we're going to have the verses on the screens this morning. But what's going on here is Jesus, he's in the middle of a sermon. And in this sermon, he is hitting a number of topics, everything from money to how you pray to relationships that you have um, to dealing with stress. He's covering it all. And this is a particular part of his sermon that he's talking about. How do you deal with today? How do you make it through today? And so we're actually going to begin in verse 25 of chapter 6. Let's look at it together. It says, therefore, I tell you, I should probably turn there myself, shouldn't I? It says, therefore, I tell you, do not... Okay, say the next word with me on the count of three. One, two, three. Worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? And then right before verse 26, Jesus goes into an analogy here. He says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow? They do not spin or or labor. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow sown in the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so this is actually where we're going to pull a a point this morning. And that is, how do we make today great? Here's my point number one. Don't worry. Some of you are like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Because to the, all the worriers in the room, I'm asking the impossible. It's like, can, seriously, is God really asking us not to worry? Is it possible? Because some of us have made a profession out of worrying. I mean, can, honestly, can you, anyone in here say I'm a professional worrier? We got a few. Some of you are worried about putting your hand up right now. <laughs> And like the passage is talking about, try telling a guy not to worry about lunch. (laughs) Try telling a girl not to worry about her body or what she's going to wear or, God forbid, if she's going to have a good hair day. (laughs) Try try telling people not to worry because I I think God might actually be asking the impossible. Or is he? Is he really asking the impossible? Or does God realize how destructive worrying can be? Because in other words, are, are, is our worrying really helping anything? Is it making anything better in our lives? Is it accomplishing anything? Is it adding value to your life or those around you? It's not. It's taking things away. It's, it's kind of like this. Seven months ago, when my wife and I were making plans on moving to Florida, we knew this one thing for sure. God and Pastor Matt wanted us in Florida. It's a great combination. And so that's all we had to go on. And so we started making arrangements to sell our house, to pack everything up, to, for my wife to find a new job. And it, it's amazing because all the worriers came out of the woodwork. And it's amazing how worriers want to impose their worry upon your life. Have you ever noticed that? 
they start asking questions like, so um, what are you going to do if your house doesn't sell? Are you still going to move? Because you know this is a horrible market to sell your house in. And it's like, well, that's a, that's, that's a good point. And to my wife, so what are you going to do if you can't find a job? Because I hear it's really hard to find jobs in Florida. Of course, they know nothing about the job market in Florida, but that worriers don't need facts. And so what are you, you going to do if you can't find a job? And, and then are you going to go buy a house if you've not sold your other house? And what are you going to do if you haven't sold your other house and buy a house? Have you thought about renting? Are you going to live in a condo? Or are you even going to move at all? Here's the best one, and this, this is truth. Because if I didn't say that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't think I'm telling you the truth. The best one was, well, if someone came up to my wife and said, you know, you moved to South Florida, your, your kids might get kidnapped and taken to Cuba. But here, here's the thing. For us, in those times, we didn't worry. And because of that, some of the most exciting days we've ever lived happened then. Because all we did was focus on what we could do. We knew God would take care of everything else. And that's exactly what He did. That's why our house sold in nine days in this market. That's why my wife found a job within 24 hours of when she had her last day of work at her other place. It's why our kids are at the same school as, as my, where my wife teaches. It's why we found the perfect house at the perfect time. Because we didn't worry. What that actually did was it gave God permission to take care of those things. We're just going to do our best to be obedient. So, to all the worriers in the room, here's my prayer for you today. Stop, say it with me, worrying. I think God is here to help in this process. And just, just a side note to the whole thing, and that, that is this, folks. God actually wants to be a part of a divine exchange with you for you worriers. He wants you to give Him your concerns and your cares. And the Bible talks about if you give those concerns and your cares to Him, He wants to give you in return a peace that, that goes beyond anything you can understand. And I believe it's real, and not just because it's in the Word of God, because I've seen it in my own life. And so the practical side for all the warriors in the room is be a part of the divine exchange. Because that's what God has for you, to help you stay in today. Because He knows that if you're worrying about yesterday or tomorrow, you're going to miss the great moments of today. Well, let's head back to the Scriptures in verse 31. And here's a great side note to the story we're going on here. It says, So don't worry, saying, What shall we eat or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. In other words, your dad already knows what you need before you even know what you need, and he wants to be able to take care of it. It's kind of like when I went off to college. Um, my parents, they, they decided to take me shopping because they knew that I needed things for college that I didn't even know I needed things. And so, well, they were buying anyway, so who's going to turn that down? And so we would go off, and, and this was back in the day that you bought a word processor, not a computer. You bought a word processor because they said, you're going to write a lot of papers in college, and this is going to help you. Um, they also do things like, all right, let's buy you a little basket to carry all your toiletries from your dorm room to the showers in. 
and let's buy you some shower flip-flops and let's buy you some fabric softener because you're going to need that. But let's be honest, guys, for those of you who went to college, did we ever use fabric softener? We're lucky to have washed our clothes. But my parents, they were buying these things for me because they had an insight to this. They wanted me focused on the reason I went to college rather than focused on fabric softener, shampoo, and shower flip-flops. And I think the, the bigger picture is the same with God. He wants to take care of those details because He doesn't want us to be distracted by those details because He wants us to simply do what we're here to do. And so this is where it takes us into the next great truth of this passage in verse 33. I mean, this is the key to this whole passage. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. Now, this is where we get our second point this morning of how we make today great. And it's simply this. Seek the kingdom and righteousness. Let's let's break those into two things. Kingdom and righteousness. What does that mean? Kingdom. Kingdoms. How do we seek the kingdom? If you're new to this whole thing, you might be thinking, what do I do? Do I like do hit Google Maps and I type in kingdom? Is it going to give me a map to like Jerusalem or something? And it's the reality is, is the kingdom of God is it's a culture. It's a system of how God accomplishes things here on the earth. It's his ways of doing things. And he wants his ways and his culture to be our focus, our priority and where our attention should be. And it's We've got to understand that when we live in a culture, it's a, it's a way of doing life. Just like, just like here in South Florida. There's a culture here. And I didn't know about the culture before I moved here. The Warriors tried to tell me what they thought the culture was like, but they don't know what the culture is like. I mean, there's a culture of, of even how you dress. Um, how, how many people are in shorts? How many people are in flip-flops or sandals? Do you realize you're in church? Wait, wait, wait. You are in South Florida, baby. I mean, up north, guess what they're wearing right now? Galoshes. You don't even know what galoshes are, and that's a beautiful thing. But it's like, in South Florida, there's a dress. In South, it's part of the culture. It's just, it's who we are. It's just, it's a relaxed environment. It's a relaxed atmosphere. There's a, there's a culture of, of timing. Southwest Florida has its own pace which is really slow. Slow traffic. Slow girl at the checkout line. Slow girl at the drive-thru. It's just, it's just slow. Slow construction. I mean, everything's slow. Uh, but there's also this, this culture of things that you need and things that you don't need. Um, I moved down here with my 1996 Jeep Grand Cherokee trail rated V8 4x4 full time. Incredible vehicle in the snow. It's like a party on wheels. I mean, you go anywhere, you do anything. My favorite thing was I'd pull into my, my neighborhood and I've got a big left hand turn. And for all of you from the north that had a four wheel drive or at least a rear wheel drive, you know what I'm talking about? You hit the wheel, you punch the gas, and then you drive sideways. Oh, it's beautiful. With four-wheel drive, I could, like, sideways. I could go backwards. I could turn. I could do circles in complete control. But guess what? You need a full-time V8 4x4 
what, guess what you need for that in South Florida? You need to pull your boat, which I don't got, or pull your business trailer, which I don't got either. So I got a vehicle that has nothing to do with the culture of Southwest Florida. I need something that I could look up and see the sky. And so it's like when we get to know a culture, we get to know a system of life. We get to know how to do life. We get to know the freedoms of that new life. And so the same is true when it comes to the kingdom of God. So there's a system. There's a culture. And we get to know, we, we need to get to know how to live within that culture. Because the, the thing about this culture is actually something that, that we try to demonstrate here at Next Level Church every single Sunday. Because we want to not just live the culture, but we want to demonstrate the culture. It's, it's a culture of, um, of peace. It's a, it's a culture of fun. It's a culture of trust. It's a culture of hope. It's a culture of life. I mean, this is the culture of God. And we want people to understand the why behind the what we do because it's about the culture here. Because we believe that the culture of Next Level Church is ultimately the culture of the kingdom of God. And so it's not about the list of this is the do's and this is the don'ts because that's not culture. Culture is the why we do what we do. And to think that God has a why to why we even live here in the world. Because he wants us to be a part of this world. To live, but not, not just to remove us from this world, but so that we could bring the culture of God to this world. So the reality is, is God doesn't want you, when you seek the kingdom of God, he doesn't want you to be like a monk in a monastery that locks himself up and it's just me and God, it's me and God. No, he wants you to be a living representation of the culture of God wherever you go. And so it's, it's about, he says, the most important thing is I want you to seek the kingdom. Seek the culture of God. And then he tags this on the end. And righteousness. Righteousness isn't a, a rocket science word. It's not that a big. It all it simply means is this. To be in right standing with God. Right relationship with God. So in essence, this is what God wants you to do. He wants you to live in the world, but bring about his culture into the world. And in the process, just hang out with him. He wants you in relationship with Him. And He wants you to live as an extension of that relationship. You know, it's, it's kind of like this. Um, one of the biggest, fastest growing companies on the planet right now is, is Mac. I mean, they've come out with so many amazing products. It's the iPod, the iPhone, those wonderful little white computers that are just cool now. Um, they've got all the gadgets. And, and I imagine that that odds are that in some capacity, one of their products was under your Christmas tree this year. And the thing about Mac is they've got a culture. And they're very specific about their culture. And it's very important to them that they maintain their culture. In fact, I read an article just a couple weeks ago about when they would hire people to work in their new stores that are popping up everywhere. And what they would do is they interview people and at first sight they start to see, are these people, do they carry the culture, kind of a laid back culture, kind of a, um, a cool culture, but yet a very intelligent culture? And once they think they've found the right people and they start to put them into a training process, one of the very first things they do is in their training is they show them old commercials of Mac commercials from the 1980s. 
Because they want these new employees that were probably born in the 1980s to start to grab a hold of a culture that was there from the beginning. It's a culture of, of expertise. It's a culture of easy to use. It's a culture of being laid back and being cool and being casual. Because, in fact, because they know this amazing truth about their culture. When they have employees in their stores simply live the culture of Mac, they don't ever have to worry about selling products. Because the products just take care of themselves because of the culture. They're not building salespeople. They're building people of the culture. And it's some, a little amazing statistic. Like every square foot in a Mac store accounts for like $2,000 of profit a month. For all you business people in the room, add it up quick because it's a lot of money. But it's about culture. And so I think the translation is simply for us that when it comes to the culture of God, He wants us to simply live out the culture of God. Because when that happens, all these other details, the sales of life, they just take care of themselves. And so we need to be a part of the culture of God by by simply living within this great culture of God and walking in relationship with Him. Because when we do this, He said that that He would take care of everything. Now this takes us to verse 34 in the Scriptures this morning, which also brings us to our last point. It says, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Again, worry. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What is God actually saying here? He's saying, I want you to focus on what? Today. Not tomorrow. Let's just deal with today. The old saying is, let's just take it one day at a time. And which, and which for our third point this morning of how we make today great, it is be all in today. Be all in today. Let me ask you a question. How, how often are we really in the moment? All in like Texas Hold'em. All in like jumping off the high dive. How often are we really all in the moment? Attention, energy, focus, attitude, mentally. How often are we all in the moment? Not thinking about the past not worrying about the future, not worrying about anything, but actually all there. I mean, think about this. With your spouse or with your girlfriend, when was the last time you had a conversation that you were absolutely all in? How about the dinner table with your family? When was the last time you were all in? Attention, focus, energy, all in. I mean, some of us, we, we just eat dinner in front of the TV because we don't even try to be all in. We just come right out and say, let's just, let's just all face forward and <laughs> eat our dinner together. How was your day, Jimmy? Fine. What did Jimmy say? I think he said fine. And because we, we don't know how to be all in. We don't know how to put all of our attention there because for so many of us, we are everywhere other than in the present moment. 
And I, God wants us right there. And so, I mean, I know that we have moments that, that we've been distracted and there's, there's always something that's trying to fight for our attention. And let's face it, guys, we've all had the conversation with our spouse, our girlfriend. Side note, you can't have a girlfriend if you have a spouse. But we've all, we've all been watching ESPN and they've been talking about something. And then they, then they ask the worst question ever to ask. Are you listening to me? And then we, we do our best. We're like, yeah. And we try to repeat the last thing we remember them saying, but, but to say it with enthusiasm, like we were like really into it. But then we think that we trick them, and they know we didn't. I mean, they, they want our full attention. It's, it's like one more story about my son, just to illustrate this a little bit. Of when, when he was five, he's eight now, but when he was five, he, the concept of talking, he got it. <laughs> and he would talk endlessly. I know, he's my kid, and I love him so much, and hey, you know, are my batteries low? But the kid talked. And there's only so much you can talk about when you're talking about stuffed animals and Bob the Builder. And and there were times that he would go for like a half an hour straight, non-stop. And he would want your full attention. It's like, I don't know where he learned to talk for a half an hour, non-stop. It's not what I'm doing right now at all. But this is what he would do, because he wanted your full attention. If he ever detected that you weren't fully there, he would crawl into your lap and face you. And he would gently take his hands and cup them on your cheeks. And if you weren't facing him, he would gently turn your face straight at his. The whole time talking. Not about turning your face. He's still in the middle of the story of Bob the Builder encountering his stuffed animals. And he would pull you towards him and then he would get his nose about an inch away from your nose so the reality was even if you were doing anything else the whole world was right here because to my son the most important thing to him was for me to be all in all in the moment he wanted my full attention He wanted my energy. He wanted my focus. And so this is where this translates for you and for me. When we go from here today and we're out to lunch with our family or we're hanging out with friends, my challenge for you is to be all in. Not thinking about the person that cut you off that you yelled at because you wanted to do what your pastors told you to do. But all in in the conversation. Energy, emotion, focus, attention. All in. You're you're there. I mean, when when you sit down with your kids to actually have a talk, be all in. If you have time, just with your spouse, even for a few moments, to connect, to reconnect, to start to connect, be all in. All in. Because my concern, folks, is 
is when we're not all in, we might miss some of the greatest moments in our life. Because those greatest moments lead to the greatest days. And if the greatest days that you can remember are just the ones behind you, then the lesson for today is we've got to find a way to stay in today. There's three basic things. We've got to stop worrying. That pulls our attention away from today and away from the moment. It steals away the great moments because our our attention is somewhere else. We've got to seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We've got to go after simply to live the culture of God because that positions us in the right place every single day. And in the process, we get to simply hang out with God. And if that concept is new for you today, then I want you to know today that today can be, can be one of the greatest days in your life because today could be a day you go all in with God. Say, God... I recognize I need you in my life. Struggling. And frankly, you might even be one of the worriers in here too that are worrying that God might not accept you. But here's the great truth. God is waiting with open arms for everyone. It's not about what you can do or how great you are. It's just about you. Because God knows your batteries are low. And he wants to wrap himself around you. And so if that's you today, then I want you to, even as we close today, have a time that you just invite God into your life. Just say, God, would you come in and lead my life? I want you to be the most important thing. And here's the amazing part of it. Everyone that asks for God to come in will receive that relationship with God. It's a change in life, and it's an invitation to the culture of God for you to live in and have great days in. So we've got don't worry. Seek the kingdom of God and relationship with Him. And then the last one is be all in. If we can keep those three simple things in mind, then, then even in this season of, of the New Year's coming, we got New Year's Eve tomorrow, and yes, the resolutions will still be there, and we got plans for this year, and, and, and we want to we grow the business this year, we want to advance our career this year, but don't let it distract us from today. Because today might be one of the greatest days ever. Let's find those great moments of today. Let's live in them. Let's enjoy them. Because those are the moments that God has for you. And they happen today. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for life today. The, the, the freedom to live, the freedom to follow you, the freedom to walk with you. But God, I ask specifically for your help today. I, I pray right now for the warriors in the room. That you help them to be a part of this divine exchange. To give their worry for your peace. And even though it seems like a really one-sided deal, God, I know it's your plan. And even right now in this moment, as there are people that are struggling with issues, whether it's their spouse, or whether it's their children, or whether it's their job, or how they're going to pay the bills through this season, I pray that you help them in this moment to exchange the worry for peace. We just give it to you. We just release it to you and give it to you right now. 
But God, we also ask that you help us. Help us to to be a part of this kingdom culture. Help us to learn from others that are modeling this culture. This culture of peace and this culture of fun and this culture of trust. This culture of joy. This culture of grace. God, just help us to surround ourselves with the people that can teach us this culture. But then through it all, God, help us to simply just draw close to you through relationship. Knowing that, that we can be as close to you as we want. The limit's not on you. And so God, finally we ask today that you help us. Whether it's, it's at dinner or lunch this afternoon or, or any discussion we have over the phone or with anyone in person. Help us to be all in. Because God, I believe that even as your word shows us, that when we do these three simple things, that we might be a part of some of the greatest moments of our life today, the great moments that you're orchestrating, because you don't want us to miss them. You want us to enjoy them. So God, I pray as we go from here today that your hand would be upon us, that you would use us today to truly make a difference in someone else's life. Help us today to live out your culture. I thank you so much for it. And I pray blessing over us all as we head into this new year. And we pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said. Well, folks, I hope you have an amazing day today. I want you to know that I love you all. God bless you all. Take care.